What does healing mean to you? To me, healing means it is immediate, like Jesus in the Bible, healed. Revealing Voices, the mental health podcast, raising unanswered questions, sharing unanswered prayers. We are faith-based, peer-led, story-driven, and stigma-breaking. I am Tony Roberts. I am Eric Riddle. And And we are Revealing Voices. Tony, it's episode 14. It is. We're moving right along, Eric. We have Kim Graves and Diana Starkey. Two of our faithful friends. In Studio E. Yes. Yes. Not to be confused with faithful companions or faithful partners. These are our faithful friends. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We talk about faithful friends uh, on the show. And... Uh, wanted to bring our, our two fellow leaders down here tonight to really uh, show our audience uh, what it's like, uh, our weekly ministry, because really revealing voices really have never happened had we not had this, this ministry going. Absolutely, uh, and really along the way we've required um, uh, other leaders like Kim and Diana, uh, some others, Carol and Judy, and yeah. others that have stepped in the fold to provide that leadership and Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for the time I was away in New York for almost a year and a half the group kept going yes thank you ladies you're welcome welcome so we're going to dive right in and we are going to model what it's like on a Tuesday night from 7 to 8 30 at the living room in Columbus Indiana okay and I'll start with an opening prayer let's pray holy God we thank you for the gift of this evening the warm summer night, the opportunity to have fellowship around a meal, and the opportunity to share the good news of your love that we are finding in our Faithful Friends group. Thank you for Kim and Diana for joining us this evening, and we pray that your spirit would rule in our hearts and in our minds, that your light might shine through us. In Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So, announcements. We've, we've already made the big announcement. Yeah. Kim and Diana are In the here. house. Are they in are here. the building. In the house. Yes. <laughs> in Studio E. <laughs> Kim, we, so, we went to Chick-fil-A, you know, right before... <laughs> and, and Kim went and got a like a carrying case for her drinks. Four, four and beverages. She brought four beverages. You don't want to be too thirsty for this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wet your whistle. It's important. You know. You know. Yeah. Hey. So after our announcements, we always then go into our foundational scripture that we've had from from day one. Kim. Okay. And it is a quote from Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And that sets the tone for our uh, meetings. We want to be intentionally full of uh, faith and scripture. That really sets the tone for who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. The year before we started, I was doing a, a Bible study on, uh, like a word study on humility. And so I really wanted to have that as the scripture. And then after our foundational scripture, we moved to our guidelines. We want everybody there, whether they've been there a long time or before, coming for the first time. Before we do move on, can I point out that when we do read that scripture, everyone in the group settles. It seems everyone just takes a breath and just breathes out and just settles. Mm -hmm. They just relax and Mm -hmm. um, come to group and all their burdens are just lifted at that moment. Mm -hmm. So it just seems that 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 verse you did pick out was was the perfect one for us, Mm -hmm. for faithful friends. So Mm -hmm. it was was perfect. Good point. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. So we're reading off our Mental Health Wellness Fellowship Guidelines. I'll start. We are a safe group. We are a peer-led group. We are not a clinical group. We are a referral group. We are a wellness group. We are a faith-based group. We are an accountability group. We are a confidential group. We are a respectful group. We are a fun group. We are an inclusive group. We are a responsive group. And then we normally will highlight uh, one of these, uh, but tonight we're going to highlight four, so each of us will pick out one. I'll just read uh, from here. We are a peer-led group. Peers encourage other peers and provide each other with a vital sense of mutually supportive relationships, valued roles, and community. When we think that our own life experience might be helpful to the person speaking, we offer but never insist to share the lessons we've learned. And I'll pick, we are a faith-based group. Um, Our aim is to display Christ-like hospitality to children of God from all walks of life and diverse faith experience backgrounds. It should be pointed out that we've had people who are atheists and Buddhists and people of other faiths. Um, We are a Christian group and we're not apologetic for that. But we want to show Christ-like hospitality to all. Mm-hmm. You want to finish reading? Um, we draw on the resources of prayer, scripture, personal testimony, and fellowship. Our goal is to inspire and affirm others with hope and love. Diana? We are an accountability group. We are honest with ourselves and others. We set goals for ourselves that are specific and attainable. We check in with each other to see if we are working towards meeting our goals. We do not tell others how to fix their problems, nor do we expect others to solve our problems. And it's an opportunity for us to really have someone to be accountable to. Um, and it helps us to, to keep, uh, keep mindful of what we need to be working on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm highlighting we are a fun group because that's who I am. Socializing outside of the group is encouraged. 
With the permission of an individual, phone numbers and or email addresses may be shared. Parties, social events, invitations of faith communities and friendships are great ways to build relationships outside of meetings. And um, I think we do that, uh, we do a fair amount of that um, in our group. We share our personal lives outside of group um, with a fair deal of uh, our members. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's good. Yeah, and, and in mine on the We Are a Peer Recovery group, uh, that's, uh, you know, compared to We Are Not a Clinical group. Right. So uh, we don't have like a, a lead pastor in the group. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't have a, you know, social worker who is there amongst us. We're just all peers, uh, folks uh, with a mental health diagnosis who, who see the value in, in peer recovery. Mm -hmm. And that, that's really worked well for us since, since the beginning. One of the fun things we do each week is to introduce who we are. We have found that there are often new people in our group. Um, we seem to attract people from all walks of life and had as many on any given night we've had what, 15 uh, one mm -hmm. time? They kind of cycle through. If people work through their issues or move away, then we don't see them for a while. But we've been there and we have new people. So what we do is we introduce our, our name and then usually something fun about ourselves that um, others may not know. So what would be the name of who you are if you were born the opposite gender? Eric, you want to start? Well, if I had been a uh, little girl. <laughs> I can just picture it. <laughs> uh, I, I would have been named Jennifer Ann Riddle, which happens to be the name of my wife now. Uh, after <laughs> Jennifer Ann Johnston. I love that. Nothing me. edible there. <laughs> no, not at all. It, it is a very weird thing. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't even realize it until after we were married, but it's, yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Ann Riddle, that's me. So mine would have been Karen, quite simply, because that was the name that <clears throat> my parents had picked out for my sister. But when she was born in April, she got the name April. And my name probably might have been Stephen, since my mother had a miscarriage after me. Mm. No, before me, before just before me, and that's what she was going to name that oh, that child. Wow. Okay. Um, my name was going to be Matthew Lynn because they thought I was going to be a little boy, and up until the time I was in the hospital, they wouldn't let me go home because they swore. I was going to be a little boy and did not have a name picked out, so they had to stay. They had to keep me in the hospital for days. Oh, poor because, kid! Because I didn't have a name picked out. Well, that explains. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Explains a lot. Explains a lot. That's our uh, our introductions. So now we go to a scripture, which we we have a our leader picks out a scripture each week, and then we we have a discussion. And I'll play that role this evening. We pick out scriptures sometimes based on the wham, the, which we'll talk about in a little bit, sometimes based on where the Lord is leading us in the group or in our individual lives. This evening I picked out one that speaks to people at a variety of life stages, Psalm 23. 
And this is the New International Version. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And sometimes we will reflect on scripture as we are led. So Tony, why did you pick? Why did you pick 23? Well, I, I've run into it a lot as a pastor. It would often be the choice of family members when they uh, would have a funeral for their loved one. It's a comforting scripture. It's one that people memorize. It gives the sense of throughout our lives, God cares for us, whether we are in dark valleys or the valley of the shadow of death, as has been translated um, and then through pleasant pastures. Mm -hmm. So for those of us with mental illness or mental health challenges, it's reassuring that God is with us through all our ups and downs. Yeah. I actually memorized this during my second hospitalization. Mm. I, the first time I remember this was when my Uncle Bill passed away. So it was at a funeral. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it really made an impact on me then I've always you know wondered at the um, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies that line always kind of struck me as interesting in, mm. in this passage mm -hmm. the first bit of it it, it kind of flows there's pastures or the valley you've got your rod and staff I mean you're kind of feeling that right but then all of a sudden it goes to this table scene, a table in the presence of your enemies. It just mm -hmm. really strikes me. I think when I've reflected on that and done a little study, it, it brings to my mind that uh, you know not only are we safe, but we're so safe that we can relax and have a party, <laughs> even though we're surrounded by our enemies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not only that we are guarded, but that we're so protected that we can feast on the Lord and his goodness. Mm -hmm. Kim, Diana, what are your thoughts? Yeah, every time I go ever to invite someone to the group, it's always uh, that it's a Christian-based group, it's a faith-based group, and this is the first Bible verse that they bring up. Um, Psalms 20, Psalm 23 and I always find that interesting. Um, but it's thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Well, our friend, she comes to our group. And um, this is the one, when she goes through her um, bipolar phases, um, she quotes this. She has this memorized, and she quotes this to herself. And that's how she gets through her phases. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. But that's how she gets through. Yeah. But yeah, my my first, uh, not my first encounter ever with this scripture, but I'm very familiar with it also with um, the passing of my grandma. That was her favorite verse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard for me, this verse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do love this scripture. Yeah. Um, the part I like is he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Mm-hmm. That I can put my trust in him. And he's going he's gonna to lead me along the right path. Even though through the darkest valley, mm-hmm. I don't have to fear because my trust is in God and he always does the best for me. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a really good passage. I'm, I'm glad you picked this out. Yeah, me too. Just the, the play of dark and light and the difficulties and, and the blessings. I mean, it's all kind of wrapped into this. And I think that's a big part of Faithful Friends is we're not just trying to have a happy, happy, joy, joy, forget your pain. Uh, but at the same time, we're saying there is a lot of redemption and moving through your pain and and being able to, you know, have that feast even after you've walked through the dark valley, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. After Scripture, we move into... Uh, an accountability check, as we said, uh, we are an account. We're an accountability group. So, what we do on about a, every three month basis is set goals, and they're set in kind of that the smart style, the specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely type goal. And uh, we are constantly telling people, you know, set. Set a small goal, uh, because then you're more likely to meet your goal and exceed your goal, right? So, I mean, like for me, it's been something like do one push-up a day, <laughs> you know? Um, that's attainable. It's not do ten. It's just do, do the one, and if I do five, if I do ten, then I've gone way over the goal. Um, so anyway... Uh, We're using this time for our current uh, goals to talk about how we've been doing. We might say that these goals uh, carry with them. They can be spiritual. They can be physical, emotional, relational. Just about any way that we can improve ourselves and our well-being. So my current goal is um, to write at least one devotion um, of 250 words or more a week. Um, this fits in line for me in terms of my spiritual discipline and also vocational discipline because as a writer, I will uh, sometimes pr- uh, publish these in devotional magazines, and this is a way for me to keep in practice. Mm-hmm. Well, my goal right now, and it's been the worst goal that I've ever had. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and as far as keeping it, and um, it's been to... Because you're a very faithful person. You're a very devoted person. Yes. We want to, we want to point that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was just to read uh, scripture mm-hmm. uh, three times a week, and 
and I had made one, mm-hmm. a, a, like a chapter, a chapter, mm-hmm. not not just a scripture, mm-hmm. a chapter a week. Right. And I usually make it one, and mm-hmm. I've never exceeded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, thanks for your honesty. It it does happen. Mm-hmm. It happens to all of us. So. <laughs> How about you, Diane, or Kim? Yes, my name's Kim. (laughs) Like Diana, I have failed. My goal is to read a daily devotional from my um, Jesus Calling five times a week. And I've not done that. I've done that once since we, or no, three times since we set the goal. And that's it. But I've done other goals that I've met and exceeded at Mm -hmm. but this I just sometimes when I'm in a goal and I find that I can oh I can do that I I don't know what in my mind I find that I just I'm not I'm not doing that I become lackadaisical but other goals I find that that's going to be hard for me and then I exceed at that Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't I don't understand I think that's true to most people's experience, though, with goals. The ones that you think are easy, just you can't find the motivation to do it. Motivation. And others, you do. And it's hard to know until you really dove into it. Right. Um, and, you know, maybe this is an example of five was a too high of a goal. You know, maybe it should have been two a week. I, I still don't think I would have done it at two. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't, <laughs> because you offered me the opportunity to change it, and I said no, and I've not opened the book yeah. to do it. I still don't think well, I Well, maybe the goal should have been opening the, the book. book. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That would be what we call a micro goal. Yes, micro, micro goal. habit. I remember micro one habit. time Eric was... Uh, mentioning or suggesting to someone who was having trouble cleaning their house that they just go to the room that they want to clean <laughs> and sit there. <laughs> you just have to be in the space, yeah. Yes. My, my goal uh, has been not using uh, my browser uh, when I'm in my bedroom. Uh, not using my cell phone, basically, except to uh, set my alarm. And I've been doing it. It, it, it's been good. Uh, I have found myself maybe spending a few more minutes downstairs before going to bed, but the, the bedroom has become a uh, mobile phone safari fest. Safari <laughs> <laughs> Electronic free, I think, was what oh, you were yeah. trying to say. Electronic free. <laughs> yes. yes. I do want to say we do have someone in our group right now whose goal is to put their spoon down <laughs> after taking each bite of their cereal at breakfast, which I think is brilliant. It's very, very specific yes. and measurable. Probably not realistic. I know that's been a struggle putting the spoon down. Eric loves that goal. He laughs at it every time. Because he laughs at it every time. Because he eats too fast. Yeah, exactly. Yes. The it should be eats pointed too out. Fast. Yes. Right. yes. He feels like he eats too fast and he needs to slow down and allow his stomach to feel the food. Yeah. Right. Which is eating. Which is typical of diabetics. Yep. Yes. It's there's a purpose. 
Yes. So that's our accountability check, and then we go into uh, our wellness topic for the evening, and, and that can range across all kinds of different areas of life. You know, we've been doing this for over three and a half years, and we've hardly done a, a repeat. So we've probably had a 150 different topics we've discussed. You think we have repeated? Oh, okay. Oh, we repeated, yeah. but we don't. They've been unique. Uniquely, yes. Yeah. yeah. They've individualized. Did you want to give examples? I, I have one. Yeah, go Yeah. Um, one thing that was very meaningful for me when I went away, this was done, and this was, I think, Kim's idea, to write cards and letters, uh, to draw individual cards, personal messages, and right. and then I think Kim's been the one to package those up and give them away or mail them away in a package so that the person having been launched from the group can open those up when you most need that yes. encouragement. And that's a good discipline for the group too. It's, you know, that gratitude and expressing um, friendship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Writing letters is a form of wellness. Diana, what's one that comes to mind that we've done? Uh, the game night. We got silly kid games out like uh, that little handheld thing where you have to flip the ball up into the cup. Right. Uh, we threw frisbees and we threw balls. And can you think of any? Was there the paddle where you're like bouncing yeah, the ball the, on the, the paddle? paddle. paddle. Yep. That's always fun. Mm -hmm. We have a member who still talks about that. Yes. And, you know, it's important for us as adults to remember that there is still a kid inside of us if we just let them out. And we need to do that to relieve stress. It is a stress reliever. Throwing Frisbees inside. <laughs> <laughs> it should be pointed out that the space where we meet is a very friendly space. It's not your typical church. It's, you know, a bunch of old, it looks like an old furniture store. Very welcoming. I had a... I had a difficult time with that, the paddle ball where you flip the ball over because my mom used to keep the, she would wait until that paddle wore out, where the ball wore out, where the mm -hmm. staples were out. And because she would paddle us with that, <laughs> my brother would hide that under his bed. And he had like, I don't know, six or seven of those one day under his bed. And my mom found them and she's like, I wondered where all these paddles went. <laughs> anyway. um, but I, I did have a difficult time with that game when we played it. Um, I, mine, um, my favorite that I did um, was called every brilliant thing and it's a movie or a um called a uh, play a british play the mother was suicidal and the son decided that since his mom couldn't figure out a reason to live if it couldn't be him mm. um let me figure out reasons for her to live yeah so he listed every brilliant thing in the world for her to live for. Mm. And it, I think he was like eight or nine years old when wow. she was suicidal. I, he was young. And um, so he listed out reasons for her to live. So like 104 was the sunshine. And then like um, 
number nine was a crayon. Mm-hmm. Things, you know, pretty basic. And then when they got a thousand and four was a diagram of, I don't know, the anatomy of an apple or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the anatomy of an apple. Um, but anyway, we had a really good time with that. The group really liked that. So my my wellness why I want to highlight was talking about drinking water. And I, I just bring that up because it, it's a pretty simple thing, but it, it's made a big difference for me. I know staying hydrated, it's one of those things where when I'm dragging during the day, I could either drink coffee or drink water, and I, I've learned to drink more water. And I, I really do feel like it's been a great I, I don't dieting. think you could drink enough. <laughs> I don't drink as much water as Kim. <laughs> At least not over the course of the last hour. I have a bottle of water. Do you want me to bring you water? I, I take a water. Okay. Anybody else? Kim? <laughs> Kim? Kim does not need water. We'll take a little break here. So, yeah, water. I uh, really like water. I'm glad we can talk about water wellness mm-hmm. and faithful friends. Well, Jesus is living water. Living, living water. water. Yep. After our wellness, we then go into a one-minute moment of gratitude. And we're not going to let this tape roll <laughs> for, <there>. a, <laughs> for a minute, but it's been a really good addition to our group i agree yes yeah we have a member that says we should do a five minute mm-hmm. minute of gratitude mm-hmm. five minute minute of gratitude <laughs> yeah well one one week we had a five minute uh, like gratitude that was our wellness for that night yes mm-hmm. because yeah i mean there's definitely wellness and silence and mm-hmm. time to meditate or gratitude to pray right Um, but yeah one minute every week that's in between uh, the wellness time and then the time of sharing so really we wanted to craft uh, faithful friends from the very beginning uh, to have uh, just a positive encouraging uh, wellness you know wellness focused evening uh, to do all we could to get away from kind of the griping, the complaining, you know, the, the pessimism, some things that others say come up in groups quite a bit. Uh, so the, the wellness topic, obviously, get into those positive things we can do, proactive things, and then having that moment of gratitude before sharing helps put us in a place of, um, you know, in the sharing time, to maybe be a little more hopeful, regardless of what we've brought into the evening, right? Hmm. I know, I know, it really helps me out to, to have that moment. That yeah, <clears throat> I agree. I agree. So then, after these items on the agenda, we go to usually we try to have what about depends on how big the group is. We try to offer at least what, three to five minutes per person? Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on average. I mean, we know there are going to be people who come in with so much burdening their hearts that they need some longer time. And then we have people who pass. Uh, 
who don't necessarily have a lot to say. Uh, we won't go into sharing uh, ourselves tonight. Uh, the intimacy between us and you on the listening in isn't quite uh, what we would want it to be or what it is in group. But we might talk about some of how the sharing time in group has impacted us. Uh, and I'll start with that. I know that uh, the blessing for me has been that I can come no matter how I'm feeling and pretty much count on laughing and crying at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes my tears lead to laughter. My laughter leads to tears. And, you know, there's just there's just a, a, a welcomeness uh, and embrace of genuine emotion uh, that you just don't find hardly anywhere. Mm-hmm. Diana? Um, I, I really enjoy just being a part of people's lives mm-hmm. and sharing, uh, sharing their lives and, and uh, sharing mine with them. I think that's the thing I like. Mm-hmm. My biggest part of sharing is the closeness of the group. I've described the group as my family, um, my faithful family instead of my faithful friends. Um, We've just become so close as a group. I do share my life with the group. And um, I know that I can put anything out there and I'm gonna get um, a lot of respect um, back. I'm gonna get a great deal of input back uh, um, uh, for about my life, for my life. Um, I don't have a lot of family, so um, the group is my family, mm-hmm. and um, I love that. Um, I appreciate that, and um, I know there are other members of the group that don't have family members as well, right. and they consider it you know, pretty much the same thing. They've lost family members um, the same way um, I was um, suicidal. I mentioned that in group, and there was a, there is a gentleman that is um, that has lost a brother to suicide, and he is the reason that I'm here today. Um, he saved my life, and um, during share time we talked about that, and um, because of him, I'm here, and um, he told me that. His it almost killed his mom when his brother committed suicide, and um, it it took those those words for me to hear. You know, it it just means a lot. You know, you just learn a lot about a person during during that time, and yeah. for him to to say that, um, it just share time. You just it's impactful. Mm, you bet. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, we, we definitely share the highs and lows of, uh, of our weeks. So f- for me, I, I have really never felt as healthy, mentally healthy, as I have these last three years. Being able to come into a group every week and have that peer support, uh, you know, both you know, being able to have people support me and me being able to help 
and support others. It's just a great symbiotic relationship with everybody. Being able to have the, the wellness topic, you know, pondering what is good for me every single week is amazing. I think anybody who is able to have a hour and a half in each week that uh, can focus on wellness and can feel comfortable sharing the most painful things going on or have people to celebrate with them. I mean, it's just a really healthy thing. I'm not surprised I feel good right. because I have that kind of social support. You know, two things based on what you said and Kim said that I think should, you know, we didn't read this guideline, but we're a confidential group. Uh, what's said in the group stays in the group. And if there's a person that isn't present, we don't talk about them. And we don't talk about what is said beyond the group. Now, the exception to that is if there's a concern about someone's health, the leadership will will discuss it. And if you know, if it's if someone's life is at stake, there may be action. Right. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, Eric talked about how we want to design a, an experience that is positive or hopeful, which there's a difference between, you know, all positive and hopeful. And sharing doesn't have to be all positive. I mean, sometimes we don't feel joyful and, and or happy or, right. you know, but yeah. there's hope. And, and that's what we try to get to. I also want to say that we are not a substitute for people seeking psychiatric care, for people going to talk therapy. Uh, we are complimentary and we let people know that yeah. the, the first night they're there. Yeah. We are not a substitute for a church community either. Right. Uh, we are complementary to people's faith and to their health care. So I think that's really important to get out there. Mm-hmm. After our time of sharing, we go into uh, our final prayer. And what we do during that time is we have a volunteer to start and a volunteer to end, and then anyone who wants to pray in between gets that opportunity. Who would like to start prayer? I'll start. Okay. Kim, would you like to end prayer? Sure. Okay. Loving and faithful God, it has been a a beautiful night of sharing and uh, considering what faithful friends have provided for us. We pray that you would go with us this week and Go with all who listen to this podcast so that we can have hope in faith through Christ and walk in the light of his word and his ways. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the scripture that Tony shared. It's just a great reminder for me of of the light and the dark and uh, the redemption that comes through... um, those valleys. Uh, Lord, thank you for uh, being able to share a table uh, amongst faithful friends this evening uh, and the joy that so often emerges from these gatherings. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this evening that you've given us. We thank you for this time that you've allowed us to come together and uh, celebrate faithful friends and faithful family. 
a time where we can come together and let other people know what um, Faithful Friends is all about, um, where we can um, come together and celebrate you and celebrate uh, friendship. And I'm so thankful that Tony and um, Eric could come together and develop this group that they um, were so wise to um, say that they needed your help and considered taking time to um, grow this group and um, um, take time to grow this group under faith and um, love and um, just the patience that it needed and let this group um, grow and con continue to um, develop and grow in your love. And it's your son's name that I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Kim, Diana, for joining us. And uh, our faithful friends will continue. So Diana and Kim, we're doing a little bit of a post game because we didn't specifically ask the question, what does healing mean to you? So Kim, we'll start with you. Healing to me means something completely different because I do have two brain diseases. So to me, healing means it is immediate, like Jesus in the Bible healed. Pseudotumor cerebri is what I have along with Arnold Chiari malformation. Those are two brain diseases that I have. Pseudotumor can be healed of the symptoms, but it can never be healed and taken away. Arnold Chiari malformation is the same way. Healing, Jesus healed in the Bible and took things away completely. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you can take a pill for something and take away the symptom. Mm but not take away the disease, mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. You can heal a wound, but there's a scar. Mm -hmm. You can heal a relationship, but there's a scar on that relationship. You're saying there is healing, but there's also a scar. Yes. Would healing be an acknowledgement of the, the pain that is still part, part of the experience? Absolutely. It's part of the process. Pain, pain is part of the process of healing. That's what we're saying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Diana Starkey. To me, uh, healing is an ongoing process, always working to better myself in health-wise, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually. To be healthy is just continually an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. yeah, I never really thought of it, but the word heal is in the word healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you being serious? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you all. Thank you. Our show has come to a close. Now is the time to ask for five-star reviews. Please scroll to the bottom of our podcast homepage, click on five stars, then click on write a review. Help us reach more people seeking emotional healing and the hope of faith. 
Thanks again for your support of Revealing Voices. Voices is not a substitute for professional mental health care or participation in a faith community. If your unanswered questions or unanswered prayers leave you feeling desperate or unsafe, we urge you to seek further help. A partial list of outreach resources may be found on our website, revealingvoices.com. Two waters. I mean, let's point that out. Two mm. waters. I love water. I love water. Well, it's too. not like she has a drinking problem. She just drinks. I just drink. I don't have a, a drinking lot. problem. I just drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh.